All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and we'll read verses 12 through 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12 through 18 say this in the Word of God. For we dare not make ourselves of the number of, or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. But we will not boast of things without our measure, but according to the measure of the rule which God hath distributed to us, a measure to reach even unto you. For we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure as though we reach not unto you. For we are come as far as to you also in preaching the gospel of Christ, not boasting of things without our measure, that is, of other men's labors, but having hope when your faith is increased, that we shall be enlarged by you according to our uh, rule abundantly, to preach the gospel in the regions beyond, and not to boast in another man's line of things made ready to our hand. But he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. For not he that commendeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth. But whom the Lord uh, commendeth. A good statement there. All right, uh, let us uh, pray again, please. Heavenly Father, again, we come before you through the blood and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we just thank you for being good and merciful and gracious, dear God. And Lord, we thank you, uh, Lord, that we can come before you and pray. And we can pray about spiritual needs. We can pray about physical needs. We can pray about financial needs. We can pray about needs in our heart and in our home. And uh, Lord, about national needs. And Lord, we just thank you that you're the God that hears and answers prayer. What a privilege it is, uh, dear God, to be able to, uh, Lord, just uh, surrender ourselves and trust you with the things that we bring to you. And, Lord, we rest in your faithfulness like we just sang, Lord. We lean on the everlasting arms and know that, Lord, we're safe in thee. And, Lord, even tonight, Lord, we think of maybe somebody here listening that's not saved. Lord, please work in that heart and draw that heart unto you. And, Lord, help us to ever learn and grow together. And, Lord, that our desire would be, like we sang, just to praise you, dear God, and give you the glory for all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about tonight about uh, uh, being a pioneer, being a pioneer church, being a pioneer Christian now, of course, I brought this up. Usually when you think of a pioneer, this hat's a little small for me, right? You think, you know, I always think of somebody wearing a hat like this. And now this isn't quite a machete, but it'll get the job done. You like this? Ta-da. Hey, my motto, my, my motto when I was a missionary was, I used to tell people this, give me a machete, right? I'll cut a path. Somebody else can come pave it. Amen. <laughs> I wanted to be the guy out there that made the path. Somebody else could come, come pave it. Of course, that was my grandfather's. Uh, hat when he was when he went to Africa, and then uh, this knife. Actually, you know, we just had the missionary of the Philippines. I got this in the Philippines. Uh, there were some uh, Filipino special forces uh, going through the jungle looking for poachers, right? You know, killing the animals. And I saw one of them, and he had this knife hanging off of his side. I said, "Man, I will buy that knife off of you right now and take a picture with you." So <laughs> it wasn't about him taking a picture with me; it was about me taking a picture with him. But because uh, everything's got to have a story. But uh, so I bought that off a special forces guy in the Philippines hunting for poachers. So I don't know what he did when he found the poacher. I guess he borrowed the other. The other guy had a knife, I think. So so they were okay. But uh, anyways, and then so uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. So I gave you this here. Of course, this is a map. You notice that's Greenville County and where the Little Red Cross is. 
that's approximately where our church is, somewhere right, right around there. That's approximately where our church is. So if you look at that, I would say this is approximately our area, our area of responsibility, if you will, as a church. Probably the area that we would draw from, be most likely, you know, to draw people in, right, as a church, right? You got Greenville and Traveler's Rest and uh, let's hear it for Greer, right? And uh, uh, in this area, so we might say this is our Jerusalem, right? We must accomplish the mission, Greenville, right? That's where we start. So we could say that's basically a picture of what we might call our Jerusalem. So we have here praying for our Jerusalem, praying for, right? Praying for my Jerusalem, praying for my church, and praying for my witness, right? Being a witness in my uh, Jerusalem. So I thought it'd be nice to uh, just have that, maybe put it on your refrigerator or put it in your Bible just to remind you what our area of respons- local area of responsibility is a church and uh, use it to pray over, right? To, that we need to pray over our uh, area. And uh, I think I mentioned to you when we were missionaries in Bulgaria, uh, my kids probably have memories of laying around the map and we would pray for villages in Bulgaria. And then when we were in Germany, we'd pray, when we had, uh, when we had our uh, family time, all right, our uh, family altar time at night, each one of the kids would pick three to five uh, countries. I'd say, okay, what countries you pick tonight? And they each pick a few countries and we'd pray for different countries. But hey, we have a responsibility as a local church to pray for our area of responsibility. I mean, we just pray for the missionaries and their area of responsibility. So, uh, I thought it'd be good for us just to have a reminder what ours is, and so we can pray over that, uh, you know, individually. So, you know, in the in the New Testament, of course, we uh, we find people right uh, that were you know pioneers for for God in their time, and so uh, we want to we want to look at look at that again. We looked at these verses in Second Corinthians ten, and uh, look again at uh, verse twelve. Again, it says, for we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, say that three times real fast, are not wise, right? So, you know, as a church, right, our own, we're not in competition with any other church in this area, right? We're not in any other competition with this church, but we are in competition against the devil in the world. That's our competition. <laughs> not another church, but the devil in the world are our competition. So we're not comparing ourselves among ourselves or with other churches, but hey, uh, we are in competition with the world and the devil. And then it says uh, in verse 13, but we will not boast of things without our measure, but according to the measure of the rule which God hath distributed us, a measure what? To reach even unto you. Reach even unto you. Verse 14 says, For we are come as far as to you also in preaching the gospel of Christ. See, talking about reaching out. But then verse 16 says this, To preach the gospel in the regions beyond. Right? Well, you know, we think about that and getting the gospel around the world, but, you know, we need to maybe stretch and go to some regions beyond or some neighborhoods beyond uh, even in our area. And so verse 18, I like this, for he that commendeth himself, right, for not he that commendeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth. That word commendeth means to present as worthy. Hey, 
I, I don't need uh, I, I don't need some other I don't need a, a, to belong to some group, you know, uh, 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 the uh, believers that'll pat me on the back for what I'm doing. You know, hey, I'm looking for hopefully the Lord to do that one day, right? I want Him to commend me. I want Him to be the one to say, "Well done, thou good and faithful servant." Uh, uh, you turn, just turn over to Genesis uh, one for a moment. Genesis one. I just want to look at that second verse. I guess most of you have heard the heard the heard the uh, heard the print, heard the term or principle of we call it the principle of first mention, the principle of first mention. Well, look at the first time you see the spirit of God in the Bible. Genesis one two says, "And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the spirit of God." What's that next word? <laughs> moved. The spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And so uh, the first time you see the Spirit of God mentioned, what do you see? You see an action word. He moved. And so what does that tell you? The Spirit of God likes to be on the move, right? And so the first time you see the Spirit of God mentioned, we see action. You see him in action. And so you see that all through God's word, right? The Spirit of God uh, moving. So we come to the New Testament where we live, if you will. And so in the book of Acts, what do you see? You see the Spirit of God on the move. So you see the people on the move, the church on the move. And so as Christians, right, we should have a spiritual understanding, of course, about the church and our responsibility Right. And that we should ask God, uh, even in this day and age, even though we realize in Acts, right, that was the beginning of the church age, if you will. And that um, they uh, were starting, you know, the church was just starting out. So, of course, they had to have a pioneer spirit. But even uh, in 2022, we should still want to have a we should still want to have a pioneer spirit, a pioneer spirit. So. Uh, just a couple of things to mention here. The, the, the church must have spiritual understanding of God's work in the world, right? Everyone in a New Testament church should have a spiritual understanding of God's work in the world. God's not finished, of course, with Israel, all right? I was reading about that in Romans today, but in this uh, stage, he's working through the church, so from the Bible, we learn that God has given us a responsibility as a church, and that means us as Choice Hills Baptist Church, uh, our local church. So we need to ask God to make sure we have an understanding of what His work and will is for us as a church. And then as believers and as a church, we must have a basic knowledge of Bible doctrine. Every church member, every church member of the church should study to attain a basic knowledge of Bible doctrine. You know, if I said right now, hey, name me three main doctrines. Could you do that real quick? Three main doctrines or things. You know, uh, usually when I categorize things, I always I was talking to somebody about this the other day. We were we were talking about a certain topic, and I said, well, and he said, well, you know, how do you deal with this? I said, well, usually I put things in the category: what I fuss over, what I fight over, what I die over. <laughs> you know, so I'd say, does that fall in a fuss over, a fight over, or a die over? Well, for me, uh, uh, main doctrines are a uh, a, a, a die over, right? You know, so if other, someone told me to deny that Jesus, that I believe Jesus Christ is God, I wouldn't do it. If somebody told me to deny that I, uh, whether I believe Jesus Christ is the only way for somebody to be saved, right? I wouldn't do it. If somebody tried to get me to deny that the, the Bible is the very word of God and it's the only book of God in the world, 
Couldn't do it, right? And of course, the other things about the virgin birth and all, all those things, right? Listen, you know, I put those things in in uh, in a uh, uh, die over, and I won't talk about the things I fuss over because I just don't want to fuss over them right now, right? We'll talk about those things later. But we need to have a make sure we have an understanding and realize that in 2022, doctrine matters, and we need to understand the difference, right? We need to understand the the difference, like a. Uh, Right, so if uh, you hold to the scriptures and follow correct principles of interpretation, right, you'll know the truth. The Bible, right, sure, there's some deep things in there, of course, right? There's milk and there's meat, and it's all a, you know, it's all a part of uh, learning and growing. But listen, uh, you, you know, you get along with God and and uh, and spend time with Him. He'll make sure you have a good understanding of His Word. So. And we need to make sure we have that. And then we need to make sure that we have a heart for evangelism, a heart for reaching the lost. Everyone in the church needs to have a heart for winning souls. We should pray for cities, our city. You know, we pray for our missionaries. We pray for countries. And so we need to make sure that we are praying for our city, praying for our area of responsibility. God will be pleased when churches, right, are actually functioning and doing what he has called us to do, what he's called us to do. And so I like that thought of having a pioneer spirit. I don't want to just talk about it. Let's have it. You know, I remember uh, somebody years ago, there was a guy, I don't know if he's trying to start a mission board or what, but his big emphasis was, you know, I'm looking for people with a pie. You will go to his website. I'm looking for people with a pioneer spirit. Hey, man, people that are willing to go and people that are willing to die, die. I mean, you look at his website. I'm thinking, man, I, every time I looked at his website, I got fired up. You know, I'm like, man, you know, I want to I want to meet this guy. Actually, I tried to a few times and he blew me off. But anyways, uh, he was supposed to come and speak at Bible Baptist. Right. But he couldn't make it. And so he sent his right-hand guy, right? So he's sitting there mentioning all this stuff, and I'm, you know, I, not that I'm anybody, but I mean, I, Lord's let me do some things. And I'm thinking, well, okay, okay, okay. You know, I've done this, done that, 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 that. So I'm like, man, I want to take this guy out to coffee. I want to, I want to hear what he has to say. So I, I take the guy. I said, man, hey, can we go out to lunch, man? You know, you're looking for people for a pie in your spirit. I said, I want to talk to you. So I, I, I'm out to lunch with this guy, and I'm like, uh, oh man, so tell me where you've been. Where do you like to go? You know. And he's like, uh, well, you know, I've been a pastor my home ministry. I really don't like to travel. I'm like, this is the guy they're sending out <laughs> to, to look for people with a, with a pioneer uh, 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 spirit? Oh, man, don't want to tell you what I was thinking. But anyways, uh, I'm thinking they got, they got the wrong guy. But hey, listen, but I, uh, we, we should want to have a, a pioneer spirit. But, you know, I joked about the hat and the knife and all those things. Hey, listen. You don't have to have the, the hat, even though if you got a nice one, that's fine. But you do have to have the sword. Amen. If you don't want to wear the hat, that's fine. But you should have a sword, right? Should carry your uh, machete. But listen, even though we're not going out to, you know, the jungle jungles, we live in a, we live in a concrete jungle. That's what, the, that's what we, civilization is a concrete jungle. And we need to be willing to go to the concrete jungle, right? With our sword at our side. So let us, uh, let's uh, 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 identify some New Testament church pioneers, if you will, uh, that God used. 
You know, we've all heard of David Livingston. I, I like what David Livingston said. You know, somebody uh, wrote him a letter and said, hey, uh, you know, when, you've, when, you, when you found a place, uh, you know, with some good roads and stuff and the sort of, you know, ready, uh, let us know. We'd like to send some men up that way. And here's what David Livingston said to that reply. If you have men who will only come if they know there is a good road, I don't want them. I say amen to that. I want men who will come if there's no road. <laughs> yeah, right? Go make one. Go make one. Go make a path and let somebody else pave it. But, of course, so let's look at uh, some men quickly uh, uh, from the Word of God and see how God used them and the th look at how God used them and say, hey, and you might find one of these and say, hey, God, just like you used them in that capacity, Lord, were you willing to use me in 2022 through my local church? in that capacity. And of course, you can't help but mention the Apostle Paul. But here's what I want to mention about the Apostle Paul. I'll turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I just want to look at one verse. And notice we see something about the Apostle Paul. It says here in 2 Corinthians 4, 13, we think about him being a great preacher. We think him being about a great encourager and, and all those things. But 2 Corinthians 4, 13, he says this. He says, The cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee. And notice what he says, And the books, and the books, but especially, what? What did I say? Did I? 2 Timothy, sorry. 2 Timothy 4.13, right? I said 2 Corinthians? Well, that's because we were, that's where we were just at. All right. As we would say in the military, I stand corrected. All right, by a Marine at that. Anyways, 2 Timothy 4.13. Everybody have that? 2 Timothy 4.13. All right. Thank you. I'm so embarrassed. All right. Let's try that again. The cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus... Is everybody reading that right now? All right. When thou comest, bring with thee and the books, but especially the parments. So what do we see about Paul? Of course, he was a man of the book. He was a man of the book, but he was also a man of books. So notice that statement, especially the parchments. Of course, that's considered a reference to Scripture, but he also mentions the books. And of course, we know there is no book like the book. And again, I thank God that my grandfather, who I mentioned that was his uh, hat when he went to Africa, when I asked him about sending me a bunch of books, he said, son, just stick with the book, son, just stick with the book. And uh, I've tried uh, to do that. But it's important for believers to be readers of good books, you know, uh, to be readers. And I want to emphasize that. It's important for believers to be readers of books. I think it's important to read Christian biographies. I remember when I first got saved, you know, you know, I read, of course, George Mueller and Hudson Taylor and uh, several other, uh, uh, James Stewart, uh, uh, the missionary, and several other uh, 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 great uh, uh, missionaries. And so it's a Christian biographies or books written by godly men. You know, I recommend books to uh, young people. Of course, I, uh, right now it seems like a lot I emphasize leadership, being a team player, and uh, things like that as well. And I appreciate, you know, people in the church that have told 
told me about books to read. I like when somebody tells me about a book they're reading, or maybe they'll call me and say, hey, is there a book you recommend? Uh, and things like that. It's important to be uh, uh, emphasized to your young people to be readers. You know, I push my uh, grandkids to be uh, readers. You know, right now, uh, 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 Victor and, and Callum, they're not readers yet. You know, we're hoping by the end of June, we got them both in a reading cycle there. But, you know, but example, you know, Tasha's kids are reading now. You know, every time I see them, or, or almost every time I see them and talk to them, what do I say? I say, what book are you reading? I say, what page are you in that book? I say, what are you learning from that book? Uh, uh, my wife and I, on our way back uh, uh, from uh, uh, North Carolina, D.C. the other day, we stopped by and saw them. And do you know what they did? Each, all three of them came up to me and showed me, oh, Grandpa, this is the book I'm reading. This is what page I'm on. You see, I, wanna, I, want, them to, I want them to be readers. I want my grandkids uh, uh, to be readers. You know, for now, they can read what they're reading, but in a few years, we're going to have to transfer them over to some uh, other stuff. But uh, uh, not that what they're reading is bad, but, you know, I want my kids to be readers. And, uh, you know, uh, as adults, whatever age and stage you are, man, you ought to be a reader, of course, first of the Word of God, but things that encourage you in your Christian life, th things that encourage you uh, to grow. It doesn't matter what age and stage you are, you can continue to grow spiritually. You continue to grow uh, as an individual. Uh, I, I like reading books about how to deal with people, how to be a better encourager to people, how to be a better uh, a blessing uh, to people. That's important because, uh, you know, most people don't know how to be team players. Most people don't know how to uh, deal with other people. And uh, those are important. You know, I, you know it's funny as I've heard uh, pastors get up and make fun of books that tell you how to deal with people, you know? Oh, yeah, go and read this book. And then you know what? I read that book and I said, you know what? That's a pretty good book. And what they'll do, they'll make fun of a, a book that, that's out there about something like that, but then they'll go write a Christian book about that, right? About the, and that'll say almost the, uh, the exact same thing. So anyways, I don't want to get off on that, but listen, he, uh, Paul was a man of the book and he was a man of books. And as believers, we need to be people of the book and people of uh, books. And so uh, uh, I encourage you to that. We see that was Paul, right? And I believe re reading those books, hey, when I, read the, when, I, when I read the word of God about God using these people in the Acts or in the Old Testament and things they did, or when I read about Christian biographies and stuff, you know, that, that stirs me up. That keeps the fire uh, burning uh, in my heart in service for the Lord. When I read about George Mueller and his, his great faith, you know, that makes me want to be a person of prayer. So it's important to read those things. So the Apostle Paul. Next, look at, look at uh, uh, Philip, all right? In Acts chapter 8, of course, we see a great work of Philip. I uh, see I got to hurry here. But in Acts, 20, in Acts chapter 8, right? I won't read all these verses, but if you read verses 26 through 39, you know that Paul, uh, that Philip was part of a great revival up there. I believe it was Samaria. And then you know what? Here he is, a part of this great work. And then the Lord comes by and says, hey, I want you to go, uh, I want you to uh, go down to sort of this desert place and I got somebody waiting for you, right? And you know what happens? He meets the Ethiopian eunuch. And the Ethiopian eunuch's just coming down, and he has uh, some, uh, some parchment there, probably, of the book of Isaiah. 
And uh, Philip says, do you know what you're reading? He says, how can I, except some man show me? Remember that. How can I? Because what natural man understandeth not the things of God, neither can he know them, for they are foolish unto him, because these things are spiritually discerned, it says. Right? And so he had to have some man show him. And then, of course, uh, Philip leads him to the Lord. The man gets baptized. And so I'll just read verse 39 for sake of time. It says, when they were, when they were come out of the water, you know, what are they both doing? All, why are they both getting down in the water if all you have to do is sprinkle? That's a good question, right? The Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. The Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. So what I want to emphasize about Philip, right, this pioneer, uh, deacon, evangelist, missionary, whatever, everything that he did there, is he, he was a man that was sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God in his life. And he didn't care where he didn't care where that was. Hey, if, if the Lord was over here letting him be a part of the big crowd, the big movement over here, he was glad to be there. But if it was just a matter of going out to one individual out in the middle of nowhere. He was excited about that, too. And then wherever the spirit of the Lord uh, led him after that. And I think it goes on to say he preached in other places. You know, hey, the important thing is known that wherever you're at. Whether, uh, whether you're, you're a part of the biggest thing going on in town or you're just a part of some what people might think. You know what? Both of those were mighty works of God. When he was over here with the big crowd going on, that was a mighty work of God. But leading one individual, you know what that was? That man getting saved was a mighty work of God. So it's not about necessarily where you're at, whether you're part of this big thing or what my people say, this little thing, if you will. Hey, as long as you know that where you are, you've been led there by the Spirit of God. Amen. And you know that where you are, you're in the will of God. And so Philip is a good example of an individual being led clearly by the Spirit of God to different places, to different works. And so we need to say, God, uh, help, me to, help me to be a person of the book, Lord, and help me to learn and grow. Lord, help me to be a person that's sensitive to the leadership of your Holy Spirit. Lord, maybe you're not going to tell me to go way down to a desert, but Lord, I may be at the grocery store. And you may say, Lord, you may say, go join yourself to that man or go join yourself to that woman or uh, go join yourself to that individual. We should be as sensitive to that. If, if he can be sensitive to the Lord to move from a place way up here to down here, we should be sensitive enough to the Lord just to move across the aisle or across the street or wherever the Lord might lead us to be a witness to somebody. So we see a good example there with Philip. Then you see Barnabas. Turn over to Acts, right? Barnabas. And it says this about when we see Barnabas in Acts chapter 4, verses 36 and 37. I think this is the first place we see him. And it says this. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite in the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. What do we, when you, Barnabas is a great person to study through the Word of God in the New Testament. Because, you see, he was a person, right, that liked to meet needs. He was a person that liked to meet needs. So here we see there was a financial need. And you know what Barnabas said? said, hey, somebody has a financial need. I want to help meet that need. And then later, when the apostles were scared of Paul, right, who went and met him, right? Barnabas and brought him. Hey, hey, here, here's, here, here's a new believer that needs to be introduced, amen, uh, to the brethren, right? Hey, he's got a need. 
I want to help meet that need. Hey, there's some people that need to be preached to over in this place. Somebody has a need. I wanted to meet that. Barnabas was somebody who liked to meet needs. He started off a great giver, and we see he ended up, what, a great goer. He, is one, he was the one that first, again, reached out to Saul and then traveled with him as they went to other places. Acts 9.27, but Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. Acts 11.22, and they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch. Acts 11.30, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Acts 13.46, then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold. So we say, God... In my church, help me to be a person who likes to meet needs. And if you're a person who likes to meet needs, God will open doors for you to be a help and a blessing to others. Barnabas is a good example of that in the Word of God. Epaphras, Epaphras, uh, Colossians 4.12, all right? Epaphras says this, Epaphras, who's one of you? Who's one of you? A servant of Christ. Wouldn't that be a blessing to say, hey, this brother, hey, do you know he's one of you? I think he goes to your church. She's one of you. I think she goes to your church. And you know what? I want to let you know she's praying for you. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you. Look at this. Always laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. What a testimony. What do we know about Epaphras? Well, we know one thing. He was a prayer warrior. We know one thing. He carried people on his heart. And he carried those people on his heart to the Lord in prayer. That's what he did. There's no greater testimony, I think, than being known as a prayer, known for your praying power. What a wonderful testimony to be known for your praying power. And he had such a testimony. Say, well, uh, Lord, maybe I can't go to a lot of places, but Lord, I can be a prayer. I can be a prayer. Quickly, Luke, right? And we, we, what do we know about Luke? Well, he was, a, he was a physician. He was in the medical field. We have several people in the medical field here. But, you know, he also wrote two books, right? He also two books of the Word of God, he, and he was a faithful companion of Paul. Look what it says in Acts 1.1. It says this. Luke said, The former treaties, the former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus both be, began both to do and teach. What's he talking about? He's talking about the first book he wrote, Luke. And I love how Luke starts off. Listen to the first couple of verses of Luke. I, uh, turn over there. These are just great verses. Luke 1, verse 1 says this. For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration, look at this, of those things which are most surely believed among us. Boy, isn't that a great testimony? These are things which are most surely believed among us. Hey, you, that should be your witness to people. Say, listen, I want to share with you some things that are most surely believed among us. Amen. And tell them about uh, uh, the gospel. Tell them about great uh, uh, doctrines of the word of God. I want you to know these are things that are most certainly believed among us. Right. He, he wasn't afraid to make that statement. Do you believe that? Yes, I believe it because it's based on the word of God. I most surely believe it. I don't listen. Don't worry about backing down something like that. Even as they delivered unto us from the beginning and were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. It seemed good to me also, look at this, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus. Again, he says in verse four, that thou mightest know the certainty of these things. 
I like that statement, the certainty of these things. You see, the things we read about in Luke most certainly happened. (laughs) I'm glad when I read the book of Luke and when I read about things in the Word of God, you know what I can say? That most certainly happened. That, hey, Elijah, all that stuff on the top of Mount Carmel, that most certainly happened. Jonah getting swallowed by a a whale, that most certainly happened, right? Uh, uh, The parting of the Red Sea, that most certainly happened, right? Right? And uh, we, we know that in the Word of God. And then Jesus, right, dying on the cross, Jesus being buried and raised again the third day. I'm glad I can look the world in the face and say, that most certainly happened, amen. That most, I don't doubt it for a second. You see, because we know the certainty of those things, we can speak with certainty. Say, how can you speak? I remember a man saying to me, how, you know, how can you? He, 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 that's what he, he couldn't shake. The, the thing that got him was that I, that, I, that, that I spoke with such confidence. Not confidence in myself, but confidence in the, what the Word of God said. Confidence in what I believed. Of course, I can speak with certainty because I know these things most certainly happen. I know the word of God is most certainly true. And so just like he says, the certainty of those things, because we know the certainty of those things, we can speak with certainty. And you know what? Only Bible-believing Christians, we're the only ones in the world that can speak with such certainty. Right? Whatever, Whatever else it is people believe, they can't speak with the certainty that we can. They can't say those things most certainly happen, right? Because we're the only ones that can have an exclamation mark of assurance in their heart. No matter what they say they believe, in the depths of their heart, they still have a question mark. They may not admit it, but they do because nothing else can give you the certainty, right? And the, the assurance of that knowledge, but the word of God. That's why faith cometh by hearing, right? And hearing by the word of God. Certainty. You know what that means? That means a fixed or real state. That means a truth, a fact. It means this. That means to have full assurance of mind, exemption from doubt. Exemption from doubt. You know what? I have, look, I'm not nervous when I say from the word of God. I'm not nervous about it. I don't wonder, well, I wonder if that's really, no. I have certainty about everything there and we can have that. What a wonderful thing that is. And then Luke, right? He was also known as a, as a faithful companion. He, he, in 2 Timothy 4.11, Paul said this, Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable for the ministry. So here's, here's the thought there. May God, maybe God has given you a great profession. That's great. Maybe you're in the medical field or some other great field or engineering, whatever. Maybe God has given you a great profession, but God can use the talents and abilities he has given you to do other things for him as well. That's great. Uh, Luke was a great physician, but you know what? He was also a great companion. He was also known for being a, a great writer of the things of God. And so, hey, uh, I'm glad if you have some great talent and you're known for that great talent. But how, the thing is, how are you letting God use those things in service for him like Luke did? Finally, Aquila and Priscilla. We know them. Acts 18, 24 and 28, it says this about them. And a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things 
of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. Well, you know, at least he went with what he knew. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. And when he was disposed to pass to Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him, who when he was come, helped them much, which had believed through grace. Look at this. For he mightily convinced the Jews, and that publicly, showing by the Scriptures that Jesus was Christ. Hey, he went there and said, hey, you know, these things certainly are so. So uh, what a wonderful thing. There's nothing like, uh, like serving the Lord as a couple. You know, I think a brother and uh, sister Thomas, right? Uh, uh, they do that. And, and, and many uh, couples here serving the Lord as a couple. But they were encouragers and helpers of God's word together. And because they, amen, both yield themselves to God and were a blessing to that brother when he came, you know what? Because of their willingness to help a fellow believer, the brother was used in a great way. Now, maybe uh, uh, they didn't, you know, uh, get to go and do, who knows, that guy went preaching. Who knows how God used that guy later? It says, you know, he did a great job preaching where he went. And so, listen, maybe you're not going to be the one to get to go and, and maybe uh, do a lot of these things that sound so wonderful, but, if you ha- but you get the same reward, hey, if you just help teach somebody, if you just help encourage somebody, right, a little bit more in the things of God. And so say, Lord, you know, hey, uh, if, I can, if I can help meet a need, Lord, if I can be a prayer warrior, uh, uh, Lord, if I can uh, uh, be an encourager, or Lord, if I can just instruct somebody a little bit more in the Word of God. And then we'll finish up with Timothy. It says this about Timothy in chapter 2. It says, Paul said, Now therefore, my son, be strong in the graces in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me, among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Then it says about Timothy in chapter 3, verse 15 of 2 Timothy, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. You see, Timothy was grounded in God's word, and he was used to disciple others. And thank God that we have, uh, we have uh, people in our church that from a young age, what a wonderful thing that is, amen, have been taught the Word of God and have a, a grown up being taught the Word of God. So whether a pastor, whether a Sunday school teacher, or whether a Christian school instructor, or whether just a homeschooling parent, grounding people in the Word and faith is a blessed privilege. Judges 2.10 says this, And also that generation were gathered unto their fathers. And there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. Now it says again, also that generation were gathered unto the fathers. Right? All right? Uh, Those those of us that are are getting older, now I realize I'm still on the young side of old, but still I'm heading that way. Right? Listen, uh, one day we're going to be gathered to the fathers. What are we going it'd to, be a, it'd be a sad thing that, right, uh, we that are uh, getting closer to that age and stage, that when we're gathered under our fathers, that if we left a generation behind us that didn't know the Lord, that didn't know the Word of God. 
Amen. They didn't know the importance of keeping a strong local church in this community. We don't want to have that testimony. We want it to be said, and when that generation was gathered under the, under the fathers, amen, they left a generation that knew the Lord. They left a generation that knew the Word of God. They left a generation, amen, that wanted to help meet the needs of others. They left a generation that had a pioneer spirit. They left a generation, amen, that, that knew how to pray. They left a generation that was willing to give uh, to help meet needs or whatever the case is. That's the testimony we want to have. And so that's why we must continue to go. If each of us will have a pioneering spirit and look for those opportunities to be used, we can keep the spirit of a pioneering church. So I like when we go downtown and when we go out and witness. So may the fire burn to reach others. May the fire burn to teach others. And may the fire burn to be used to build God's local church. So Lord, help us whatever you know, if we can be in at least one of these categories, right, maybe we, maybe we can be in more. Let me uh, uh, give those to you again uh, quickly. We had uh, Barnabas, uh, the encourager. We had Apostle, the man of the book, in the books. We had Philip, sensitive to the Holy uh, uh, Spirit of God. We had Barnabas, uh, the encourager. We had Epaphras, the prayer warrior. We had Luke, a man with a, a special set of skills that was willing to use all those skills for the Lord. We had Aquila and Priscilla, a couple, amen, that was used mightily together uh, uh, for the Lord. And then we had Timothy, a man who was faithful to train others and ground them in the Word of God. And so just a, a few different ways that we can be used, amen, in God's service through our local church. Let's pray.